Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. Also joined by intern Corey. Hello! I'm and here. Brandon from the Black Lagoon. We're all together. How is it possible that I get named after the intern? This isn't fair. You are lucky we are not in the same place. <laughs> he came before you, unfortunately. I thought it was no, in my technically contract. technically Brandon was first. Yeah, Brandon was oh. Yeah, and I thought it was in my contract that I didn't have to appear on camera with him. Well, we pay Brandon. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, no. No, we weren't <laughs> going to tell him that shit. either. <laughs> so the reason we have our whole core four here, the whole t-shirt is here, um, oh, is uh, we did this thing where we all <laughs> I gave you all work, and I'm like, I need it tomorrow, and that was weeks ago. I just wanted to get it done quickly. <laughs> um, we all listed our top 100 favorite horror movies, in order, so 1 to 100, and I basically average these lists out so we can get the most throbbing with horror top 100. Because there's some movies some of us love and others hate. So that's what the averaging is for. So, like, for example, listeners will know Predator's not going to be number one because I have people like Brett in here to knock it down with his picks and things. And, like, A Curse of Frankenstein on Brett's side wouldn't be number one. So what we did is we scored it. Our number one picks got 100 points our number 100 picks got one point each and fill in the blanks there so out of a possible 400 points if we all rated the same movie as our number one type deal and this is the i guess truest fashion of the throbbing with horror 100 greatest horror movies with all of us in it we've we've said so many times over the podcast history how we love lists and we used to do lists a lot more and we haven't done it in a while it's because we're waiting for mega list yeah this is mega list mega list i mean it was a easy list for me it was a very tiny list compared to the vast knowledge of, of horror movies i have so this is just tiny list I'll say this, Brandon got the list, found out the last, and got me list the quickest. Yeah, I, I kind of give up trying to put things in order after about 40, so. Oh my god, the amount of time, like, I, like, made up my, like, okay, I have 100, and then just trying to figure out, like, okay, where does each one go? <laughs> because that was the most, like, because Greg was like, don't spend too much time on that, because people are going to see your specific list. They're going to see the overall list. I was like, I know, but I want it to be representative. And and then I, I felt bad because I was putting movies and I was like, oh, that deserves to be higher up. Come on. I don't want to be yeah. mad at me. Like... The amount of times like I'd add a movie in, like Brandon said, and it's like, no, 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 no. That one's way higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just had to move them around. Or there's no way that movie goes be. Uh, there's no way that movie goes like behind this one. Exactly. Yeah, this was a, this was a stressful one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we'll go in order from one hundred. We're we're splitting this into episodes, people. Don't worry. This isn't going to be like a five hour episode. We're doing one hundred to fifty one here, and then we'll do fifty to one next. So, without further ado, Brett, would you like to kick us off with our number one hundred? Oh, yes, I'm just let me get nice and uh, stuffy here and snooty. Um, 
yes, number 100 of the throbbing with horror, top 100 horror movie list. The Curse of Frankenstein. Fuck everybody. I got it on here. It made the fucking list. My one goal with this whole thing when Greg said, oh, we're going to do this top 100 list. I was like, Curse of Frankenstein's getting on that list. And it just barely squeaked in. It fucking made it. But I'm glad that it's the very last spot to possibly make it, just so you know your place in this point, in this in this list here, Brad. Yeah, that's. I mean, it doesn't deserve to be on the list, but I mean, here it is. Even Dennis <laughs> Bale way, told you they were bad. By the way, Brett, you're a bastard because I know you cheated the system once you knew how it worked. I know you ranked that way higher <laughs> no. than you actually feel about that movie. I'm just gonna let it go though because I'm. Giving you the honesty policy, even though I know you abused it. But how many times have I said I watched that movie so many times during the year? I've probably seen it seven times this year already. That's absurd. I haven't I even love seen Hereditary. It. I haven't seen Hereditary that many times yet. Well, no, let me go into Curse of Frankenstein here for a second. So perhaps I'd better start from the beginning. <laughs> if you don't know Curse of Frankenstein, by the way, it is... Uh, Hammer Horror's attempt at the Frankenstein story starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee as the monster, even though the monster is barely in the movie, which is the biggest point of contention with me and Corey against Brett in this whole thing, is Brett will go, it's about the darkness. It's fucking yes. boring is what it is. What it were, is. were these tied to the Universal movies at all? Or were these no. a totally different? No. Okay. Okay. No, this was Hammer, the thing that started Hammer's reign of horror from the I 50s gotcha. to the 70s. Okay. Terrible movie. Number 99, we have uh, Halloween, the 2018, uh, the, the soft reboot, I think, as yeah. RLM Requel. would call it. A, a requel? Yes. That just sounds terrible. Reboot um, sequel. It's, it's such a good Michael Myers story before... David Gordon Green jumped off a cliff for the next two and then ruined The Exorcist on the way down. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's the only way I can describe it. it, I think it. I think that's why it kicks it down the list for me is just there's nothing really new in it except for the end kind of made me excited to see the rest of the series. But it was kind of a last Jedi. Yeah, no matter what you think of the two that came after it, this movie i actually loved i remember being so excited when i saw this movie especially just the opening and everything and look i know there's some things i have to overlook for it to be a great movie like he's not really that big of a deal if it's only halloween one but still like i loved this movie i thought it was great oh yeah this is one i jumped into like i was so excited i also think it like really helps me because 2018 is when i met liz and like my life actually like became kind of happy but I saw this movie so many times in theaters. I saw it like four, I think three or four times. I forget what the total was at the very end. But it was just 2018 was just such a warm and fuzzy year. I, I, it's no secret. This is not my favorite franchise. But this one, like, I actually really liked 2018. Like, it would probably be my my number three out of the entire series. Trust us, we know you don't like the franchise in turn. You said it on a YouTube channel with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Hi, Carpet Dagger. How much did it cost us? But no, I, I definitely think this movie succeeds in getting you excited for where it's going to go now that it's in new hands. So I, I give it props for that. At number 98. We have uh, a movie from a series that 
actually i didn't start watching till i joined the show and like and i heard them talking about how good it was we have a uh, hatchet 2 like which has rapidly become i'm gonna say it's probably my number two slasher series now really? right, by, right wow. there behind child's play like i absolutely love these movies um like two like i it was rough for me to pick which one of them was my favorite honestly because i i believe i put both this one and the original on my list but like i love this series victor crowley is amazing adam green just made a great succession of movies with hatchet 2 being one of the top so i've never seen hatchet uh, I'm assuming one is going to be down further on the list. Um, what what makes it your second favorite? Um, it's just I like a good creative kill, and I love mm-hmm. horror comedy. Okay, and Hatchet, so it's kind of a it's it's like a funnier terrifier at points. Okay, like like with the gore and the just the the way Victor Crowley kills people. Sometimes it's just. I, I don't know. It was just something about this one I just fell in love with almost instantly. Oh, his masterful killing of just... <laughs> I love Hatchet, and 2 is my favorite Hatchet, I think. It's always between 2 and 3 for me. But, man, it just kind of gave Slashers a kick in the ass that they needed in the time it was coming out. Because Slashers were pretty much dead with a few outliers and everything. And you can give it to this and Terrifier for kind of giving us that, like, revitalization of the slasher genre yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say i think if we didn't have hatchet we don't get terrifier as it was which means we which means we don't get like the chucky series the upcoming crystal lake series the i'd say we're in the kind of the middle of a slasher revival yeah that's fair yeah all right well number 97 is return of the living dead 3 in my opinion, the only good Return of the Living Dead sequel, and I love this movie. <laughs> An amazing love story. Right up there with Red and Mandy. I legit think it is. This is, if you ask me the best love story in horror, I'm giving it to Return of the Living Dead 3 every time. What about Tremio and Juliet? That's up there, but I think <laughs> the end of that kind of ruins it for me. But yeah, like Return of the Living Dead 3 every time. I, I would definitely, like you said, um, it's between Return of the Living Dead 3 and Red and Mandy for for greatest love story of all time. You know, horror love story of all time. Romeo and Juliet would be in there except for the incest of it all. And then aside from the love story part of it, just like Brian Usna's monster woman he creates in this. Yeah. Like when she goes full like zombie and like she has a railroad stake through her hand, like just <laughs> metal and glass all through her face. It was just one of the coolest monster women designs I've ever seen in a movie. Because the pain makes her come. I that may have been the line. I don't recall. Well, it was the, it takes the pain away, but yes. you know what they're talking about. And that's all I got in Return of the Living Dead Three. Well, for number ninety six and the first Giallo of the list kind of suspiria yeah so we're talking about the original yeah oh yes okay. oh god yes Thank christ okay <laughs> i got nervous when i saw it on the list 
but it's one that I love. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's very colorful. It's yeah. definitely another kind of snooty movie, which I, I'm giving all I'm giving all the highbrow stuff, the ballet horror movie. I think this has one of the best soundtracks, like scores, out yes. of every movie on this list. If yeah. you ask me, legit might be the best score out of the entire list we had. It's subtle when it needs to be, but it's like it makes you feel it when something's happening that you really need to pay attention to. But it's it's one of those, like Brett said, artsy movies with me and my A twenty four love, um, that really kind of freaked me out in terms of what it was trying to get you to understand early on. And it kind of sticks with you afterwards. Uh, you're thinking about it a lot after after you see it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and going back to what Greg, like, not just the best soundtrack on this list, Suspir- Suspiria might have the best horror soundtrack of all time. Because, mm. like, I legit listened to the soundtrack for this movie on repeat, like, all the time. I love Goblin so much. This soundtrack is just him at his organ solo loving best. <laughs> Number 96. 95. Right? 95. All right. Hmm. Number 95. We got Jason X. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know why this is on the list at all, but whatever. It's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Because it should be so much really higher. Happy about it's- this. It's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Friday the Thirteenth, which should tell you what I think about the series. Oh, wow. But um, I've always thought this movie felt like a Zack Snyder student film, especially at the beginning, whenever he's putting the spear through David Cronenberg. Uh, it, it just seems like something he would have done in college, and I love it for that reason, just like in his style. Um, good. No, uh, it's actually one of David, not David Cronenberg's student film, not like he made one a student, but a student of David Cronenberg was a yeah. director of this, which yeah. is how they got Cronenberg at the beginning exactly. and everything. Exactly, he owed him a favor, basically. No, I love Jason X for so, so long, ever since I was like in elementary school. I remember my parents taking me to see this in theaters, and we were the only three people sitting in the theater, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, because I was like, after watching these movies... And like loving them and being like, well, I'll never get to see one because they exist in the 80s. I finally got to see one in the theaters. And it still has like one of my top kills ever in it, the cryogenic head smash, which (laughs) I saw on the big screen and it stuck with me forever. Which that's what I want to touch on next is about the kills in this are just the most comical thing I've seen in any slasher horror movie. Jason punching the robot head off makes me hee hee every time. Um, I think they're my favorite kill in the entire series. The sleeping bag does. Isn't there like a hologram with naked chicks? Yes. Does it? Yes. It's just doing yeah. the best trap over again. Not trap, but kill over again. Not it's trap just, you motherfucker. So Get your fucking soul bullshit <laughs> out of here. They're stuck. Oh, it's coming. They're stuck in the sleeping bag. Um, yeah, this, I'm not going to say this is my favorite Friday the 13th, but it's absolutely up there mm. with, um, part two and part eight. If you're looking for like a fun, like a different kind of Friday the Thirteenth, that's like, like you kind of said, it's not taking itself seriously. Reminds me of almost of like an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Of like everything going around it is kind of absurd and wacky, but Jason is still Jason and scary and brutal and doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Especially when it becomes like, like Mega Jason at the end. There. Oh, Uber Jason rules. Uber Jason, that's what it is. 
If the other Friday the 13th movies are too thinky for you, put on this one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's either this or Alien Covenant or uh, Alien Resurrection for me. I love when Kane Hodder first saw the Uber Jason like sketches and like the concept for it. He's like, this is a joke, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. I love it. It's a fantastic movie. Well, number 94, we have The Raven with Bella Lugosi and that other guy. But holy shit, fucking The Raven is so great. We covered it during Throbtober. Boris Karloff is also in it. Karloff, sidekick, fuck you! But no, I love The Raven. It's a fun, like, these Universal movies are like a fun, just like hour to an hour and ten minute long thing where like you don't have to invest like a shit ton of time into it you're not watching hereditary that's fucking almost seems like it's three hours long look i love hereditary but if you just want to put something on in the afternoon that's fun and it's great and get look go see chew in the scenery it's one of his best movies it really is one of his best and i think it's funny how they took this really serious poem from edgar Allan poe and made it into this like horror comedy movie and it works, and I really enjoyed. What are you talking about? You're talking about the wrong Raven. Oh damn it! You're thinking of the Vincent Price one. Yeah. Oh damn it! Never oh, seen this one. Then go this ahead. is the one from the '30s, the better one. That one's also good, but no, this is the '30s one. Okay, well, don't then disregard everything I just said. Don't feel bad, Brandon, because when we th- when they were talking about doing this movie for Throbtober, I'm originally like, oh, it's a Vincent Price movie. Of course, I'll jump in on it. And Brett's like, oh, no, it's the Lugosi one. And I said, I'm out. I'm no, I don't oh, like no, Bella Lugosi. The... But um, the the other guy, you know, Boris Karloff, the yeah. second greatest horror actor of all time. Yeah. Yes. I can't quote much on the movie. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Number 93 is, I think I'm the only one that put this one on my list. Um, But it's... One of my favorites, uh, Shin Godzilla from 2016. It was kind of the the rebirth of the Toho Godzilla after, you know, the Heisei and Reiwa and Millennium Eras when he just came back. And it took it back to what Godzilla was, a nuclear monster destroying shit and just being scary. Shin Godzilla is so good because... It treats Godzilla as a threat again. He's not um, doing sliding kicks on his tail. And it shows the destruction and the sadness like that he leaves behind again in this movie. Which is what I love. Like It takes it back to its horror-like monster roots and everything. Which I love Shin Godzilla. I can't wait till we cover it one day. It's coming. That's what I was going to say too. Is just It feels so much more weighty compared to what the American remake from a couple years back did. And I, I do like how he, he he does feel classic and he feels like the original movies that you remember, but he feels more threatening than even those. And it's no baby Godzilla's running around Madison Square Garden, but I will accept it. I say this this one is the spiritual sequel to Godzilla. Yes. Coming in at number 92, we have Ready or Not. I love this movie from Radio Silence starring Samara Weaving. I think I rated it a 10 when we reviewed it. This movie's so much fun for me. Very great use of horror comedy, fun eat the rich theme. I really like this one. 
Oh yeah, it was a fun like first watch for me. Like I definitely want to watch it again. Like Samara Weaving is another one of the ones that I've kind of found through the podcast of like when she showed up in like Scream Six, I think. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh shit, it's her. I like her. But yeah, this was a fun one. I liked it. And like you said, I like it's just like a bunch of rich people like getting their comeuppance. The end of it is just one of my favorite things. Like just how like exactly what you're picturing oh they're not gonna do that and then that happens i'll try to keep it pretty spoiler free but i love that ending to this movie that's what i was gonna say too but i didn't know we're keeping it spoiler free so i'll leave it at that just her walking away and covered in stuff it's great i'd like to see this movie one day what could she be covered in <laughs> oh, that's i wonder why what she's covered in in the horror movie <laughs> number 91 is ringu the japanese the ring oh yeah holla Oh, I was gonna say, like, how did how did Ringo like Rango like make this list of like the animated <laughs> lizard movie? It doesn't make sense. It's terrifying. Have you seen the animation? It's terrible. Um, <laughs> no, this is the original Japanese movie in the time where America was doing their oh, it was successful. Let's localize it kind of era, and I love it. It's low budget looking. It's cheesy as shit, but it still gets to creep me out. And it works so much better than the American version because I think the American version is just relying too much on those jump scares and those cues that you're used to seeing from American films. And I, it, it, this one keeps the jump scares to a minimum and it keeps the special effects to a minimum, but it's still really effective at creeping you out. We mentioned Godzilla earlier. Uh, Samara might be the second most culturally significant yes. Japanese character in this list that we'll cover. Dude, it's unreal how big this movie was in Japan. They literally had Samara throwing first pitches at baseball <laughs> yes. games in Japan. They had a funeral for Samara when the American Ring got announced because of, like America's going <laughs> to kill it. That. Like, that's how big Rengu was in Japan. We were just talking about Samara weaving. I'm like, what does she have to do with Ringu? <laughs> I've not seen this movie. You must see it. I, see I also it. have not seen this one, but I, I, it's another one of those ones. It's been on my list for years, and I just haven't. I will live and die on the hill that J Japan, Korea, they do horror way better than America does. I can see Brett's face souring already with what I'm about to say here. So <laughs> It's not horror. This is a horror list. Number 90 is Predator. You all knew it was coming. Thank you very much. If it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That's right. Now, aside from what my regular co-hosts may say, I think Predator definitely fits in the horror category, with the only exception, instead of teen girls, it's big muscle men being picked off, which, if you ask me, makes it scarier that the world's most elite killing machines are getting picked off one by one by this thing. It's an action movie. It's not horror. This list doesn't matter anymore. Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the best final girls of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not horror. It's a fucking action movie. It doesn't count. This is the first instance of a non-horror movie making it to this list. He has camouflage and he rips people's heads off. It's, 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 yes. it's, it's, it's There are four of us. Do we care to take a vote? Let's take Predator a vote. Horror. Let's Predator it. horror. Um, agreed? Aye. Show of hands three. Predator horror disagreed. Me. Oh, look, you, you lost. I don't care. The eyes have it. Hold on, don't I don't care. that so well. Can we do that again? Um, following uh, Predator, a great, great horror movie, 
we have the first appearance of the greatest horror actor of all time on our list. Yes. Vincent Price and the classic House of Wax. Um, this is my favorite Vincent Price movie. Like, bar none, hands down, this is it for me. I love it. My kids love it. My wife loves it. This is a must-watch for us every year. Um, I can't say enough good things about this movie, so you guys say good things about it. Well, this is one that Fingoli will show from time to time, and like I enjoy watching all the time. It's like, oh, it's the Vincent Price House of Wax movie. I'll definitely tune in this week. My favorite part was when Paris Hilton got her face cut and stuff, and then that was great. <laughs> Paris was great, Hilton died. It? Yeah, and then Vincent Price came out and said, "Both surprise, it's me." And he did a jump scare and went booga booga booga. I'm the House of Wax. He was the house. <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, like, for real? The... Yeah, I've never seen the original. I've seen the Paris Hilton one. It's it's basically the same, only better. Yeah, that's what I've heard. What we got number, next? Number 88, we have another Japanese, Juwan. Uh, the the Juwan, the Grudge movie. Everything I just said about Ringu is exactly the same for this. The difference is I don't hate the American remake as much. Um... It was the same director for both. Uh, they, they basically brought him over to America to remake it, but the original Japanese version still works so much better for me. It's the same sort of subtlety that Hollywood just doesn't seem to understand, and I love it, and it creeps me out every time I see it. I've never actually seen the original Grudge. I've heard it's good. Yes. I know, Juwan. But I've that's one I've always meant to check out one day. Yeah, it's another one where I've not seen either one, because when The Grudge came out, which is what the American version is, is during the 2000s when I hated every horror movie that was coming out. <laughs> and if it came out during that time, I was like, fuck you, I'm not going to go ever see you. So I guess eventually I'll see it. If you see the American one, you still pretty much see it. Um, but there's some subtle differences in the Japanese one. Like there's the scene where uh, the ghost grudge girl is in the bed and pulls her underneath the bed. I think it works better in the Japanese, just the way her, she is sitting in the bed and the her way her face works. It, there's just subtle things in the Japanese one that make it superior. The hand in the hair thing made me scared to wash yes. my hair when I was younger. Yes. I remember doing that like, oh, thing that she does with her voice, like when I was I got, little to my mother and she would get creeped out by it. I got so good at that, that I, I used to scare everybody passing by. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen the American. USA. USA. <laughs> you like Shin Godzilla. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm up again. Uh, number 87, Changeling. Uh, the Changeling. Not the Angelina Jolie movie. Um, <laughs> it's not one of my favorites, but I have a soft spot for it just because I remember early on in my childhood, I was probably like five or six, I remember my family talking about the changeling and i asked what it was and i was told it was too scary for me and my first thought was i can't wait to be able to watch it you know so that's kind of stuck with me as my intro to horror um it does still have some creepy parts and it still is a great haunted house ghost movie that still has some parts that freak me out and there's a lot of comparisons i can make with this and the shining in terms of how it looks and they came out around the same time um so I don't know if that's coincidental or not, but what do you think, Brett? I remember, like, I saw this one time when Joe Bob showed it, and I remember mm. being pretty bored. Really? So I think I need to watch it again, maybe, but 
Yeah, it's, I'm not a big haunted house fan. It's very, it's very much a product of the '80s. <laughs> I'll say that it's that very slow burn kind of movie. Um, so it, it, it's a personal opinion, I think. How the fuck are you bored at a movie, Brett? <laughs> There's not enough talking and frilly shirts. I, this is another. I haven't seen this one. I had it on VHS at one point in my life because it came in like a whole lot of tapes I bought off eBay, <laughs> but I never actually got around to watching it. And then all the my ending is the ending is just uh, the one girl getting chased by a ghost wheelchair throughout the house, and it's pretty great. Well, at number eighty-six, I have my favorite Argento movie, and another Giallo showing up. Deep Red. I fucking love Deep Red so much. You want to talk about the soundtrack? It's so good. Um, I love the whole mystery of it. Um, just like the well, we don't want to do spoilers, so I won't say that part. But no, it's so much fun. It's one I've rewatched at least a couple times a year, and it definitely deserves to be on this list. I probably had it higher on mine, but I'm glad it made it. It was featured on mine as well, don't worry. Um, I would argue that it's actually the first Jalo on the list, but I'm not going to split hairs on whether Suspiria is a Jalo or not. Um, oh, yeah, Deep Red has some of the coolest, like... And it's cheesy at the same time. I'm not going to lie to you. There's very cheesy parts, but it feels like a warm blanket of cheese in this murder mystery movie that I yeah. love so much, like, with the fog and everything, like, being written... Like, how they reveal it, that's all I'll say for it. And one death towards the end is just so wild and over the top that I love it so much. Oh, yes. This is another one I, that's, I've i listened to the soundtrack for this one a hundred times, because, like Brett said, it's so good. Haven't mm -hmm. seen the movie. Love <laughs> the soundtrack. So good. I also haven't seen it. I haven't seen a lot of Giallo movies. Um, Suspiria is the only one I've seen. Sorry, Craig. Uh, so I, I definitely want to check this one out. Coming in at number 85, we have the first appearance of on this list of my boy, Charles Lee Ray, the ultimate good guy, Chucky, and Child's Play 2. Give me the power, I beg of you. Um, my second favorite of the series, I know it was on my list fairly high up. Um, it's just, I love this series so much. This this series is everything I love about Slasher movies. Child's Play 2 is great because as much as I love Child's Play, just to tell a story, half of the story has to be devoted to why is this man a doll? Do people know he's a doll? Is he actually going to walk around like a person? We got all that out of the way in Child's Play, and here we could just have full-on murder doll causing havoc, and I love it. Oh, yeah, Child's Play 1 and 2 are, like, so amazing just back-to-back. -back. Like you just said, Greg, we got all the, it, what is it, out of the way at the first one. This one, we just get to chew the scenery with the evil killer doll. And this is, like, a whole series that, like, for some reason, from time to time, I forget about it. And then some, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's those Child's Play movies. Then I rewatch them again, and I was like, I love all these. They're so much fun. I love Chucky. I love that Don Mancini has, like, stayed with the franchise throughout the entire thing. Like, thank you for actually doing that. Sam Raimi passing off Evil Dead <laughs> Rise to different directors for no reason. You're still alive. Like, not only has Don Mancini stayed with this series, he has foregone all other projects in his life 
to just make sure Child's Play stays good. Bravo. I don't think I've ever seen Child's Play 2 because I don't I, I've never been a big fan of the first. I like the first movie. It never really was in my top. So I'd probably have to go back and rewatch Child's Play and Child's Play 2 to see how I rate that. I think you'd like the sequels. Like they it's a different feel than the first one, if I'm being honest. Okay. To me at least. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. it might be. Okay. Child's Play 2 feels like the first like 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 they said, get all the explanation out of the way in the yeah. first one. Child's Play 2 is the first one of like what the series truly becomes mm. throughout the other all the other movies and the, now into the the series. Nice. Okay, cuz I like the series, so. Coming in at number 84, we have The Collector. Um mm. this is in an era of movies that's hit or miss for me. I think The Collector really did it well though, and I like the sequels also. Well, the sequel. But The Collector is in like a post-Saw world. I know Brett's rolling his eyes already. But I don't know. Something about this movie just does it right, especially when I saw it when I was younger. Like, the gore effects are really good in it. Like, the feeling of, I don't want to say, dread where you know what's going to happen to everyone in this movie is great. I love The Collector. My favorite part of this movie is everything you don't see. You just see that you're just following this guy throughout the house and you're just hearing through the vents all these people screaming and different hacking happening. And you don't know what it is, but what you're picturing is worse. And that's why this movie is a really high rate for me. I never saw it. I also oh, it's good. It. We'll cover it one day for sure. Okay, cool. It's one that it's, um, we're like flipping around like you're like, we used to be walking through the video store and I was just browsing whatever streaming. <laughs> I've seen that poster so many times oh, yeah. while browsing around yeah yeah the sequel on the other hand takes this great concept and just shoves it out the window but i like the sequel eh, no. when i used to work at the hunt when i used to work at the haunted house um people would always confuse my mask or the collector's mask they're like have you seen that movie and i'm like no i haven't you should watch it i bet i should i haven't worked there in eight years well, at number 83, we have Mars Attacks, which we covered during Throbtober. It's such a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's Tim Burton trying to make an Ed Wood movie right after making the Ed Wood movie. I love Mars Attacks so much. If anyone listened to that episode, you know this movie has such a special place in my heart. It's kind of like a comfort movie for me. I put on Mars Attacks like I'm having a bad day and I feel better. I'm going to go ahead and amend what Brett... This isn't Tim Burton trying to make an Ed Wood movie. This is Tim Burton succeeding at making an Ed Wood movie if Ed Wood had a budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I exactly. thought that before, too. Of like, If Ed Wood was legitimately like accepted into the studio and given a real budget, he may have been able to make something good. But he didn't let the studios tamper his dream, and he made what he wanted to make. Well, Tim Burton's also very, gets very into what he's making and it consumes his life. So I think him taking the lessons he learned about what not to do from Ed Wood kind of thing was his his inspiration for this. I kind of agree with everybody there. But yeah, this this is a great movie. I love it. I watch it several times a year. Yeah. Great movie. Number 82, we have one of my favorites, Pan's Labyrinth. Guillermo del Toro, I love you and I'm sorry for what Konami did to you, and I wish we would have seen what you would have done with Silent Hill. You are amazing. It's my favorite creepy fairy tale ever. You got 
the pale face guy, you got the fawn, just it's so creepy and so dark, but it's so satisfying at the same time. The monster work in this movie is some yes. of the best out there. Yes. The effects on it are so good. This is one when I saw the list, I was like, is Pan's Labyrinth a horror movie? I thought it was a fantasy movie. I've never seen it, but just seeing the stills and like little clips I've seen from it, it looks like The Hobbit. Are you sure you're not thinking of Labyrinth? No, it's Pan's Labyrinth with the thing and the... Yeah, I that, that thing, I, that's the horror. I get they're creatures, but... Is the one you watched have David Bowie in it? I didn't watch either one. I've not seen either <laughs> Labyrinth. <laughs> like, but are you like... ever looking at the screen and just getting an eyeful of David Bowie's codpiece? I'd like the sandworms in Dune are horrifying, but I wouldn't call Dune a horror movie. But, like, I've never seen it, so I'll give it up to you guys. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, I'd say Pan's Labyrinth 100% counts. Go on YouTube, watch that clip of the pale guy at the dinner table. You'll change your mind. I'll watch it when we do it for the show. At 81, we have uh, what might be my favorite vampire movie um, from Dusk Till Dawn, Quentin Tarantino, who definitely didn't cast specifically write and cast himself in the role where Salma Hayek <laughs> sticks a foot in his mouth. But uh, I love this movie. I, I It's one of those ones I can't say enough good things about it. I love the fact that it's one movie at the beginning and then about halfway through they're like they're like and this is where Quentin Tarantino dropped acid. Yeah, I it's so much fun cuz I love that opening scene so much of it feels so Quentin Tarantino-esque of like that whole gas station scene and the whole beginning of it it is almost just like kind of a burglary heist type thing or like they they're robbers on the getaway and they go to this random bar Oh, there's vampires and Danny Trejo in a sexy snake dance. <laughs> I'd like to point out that this is not a Tarantino movie. Well, this I is know. a Robert Rodriguez movie. But didn't he write it? He wrote it. I don't yeah. know. But I just pictured how much do you think he paid him to be like, I'm doing the foot scene. 100%. Yes. I have to. I will I was... forego my salary. <laughs> hey, why do you think I why do you think I wanted to cast Selma Hayek in this role exactly? What do you think here? Um <laughs> Dude, she's actually great in this movie. She's, like, another example of, like, the sexy character who morphs into hideous monster. Yeah. Um, there's some really good humor in it, too. Like, the vampire band. Oh. Like, when they turn, I think is amazing. I love that part in this movie. It's the best combination of both Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. Just the best of both worlds. And it's just so much fun to rewatch. Everyone did write it. Yes. Everyone becomes vampires and even the band, and all of a sudden, split second, they have a human body instruments. <laughs> <laughs> well, number 80, returning to the list once again, Mr. Bella Lugosi and Son of Frankenstein. And he steals the show as Igor. He created the Igor character, where it's like he created the Dracula character of, like, you always know, you do a Dracula impression, you do a Bella Lugosi impression. You do an Igor impression, you're doing a Bella Lugosi impression. It's his performance in that is so amazing. And I like how they kind of shifted it away of like the first two almost seem kind of self-contained. And this one is like so far in the future, timeline-wise in this movie, it's still old as fuck. Um, 
it's like almost completely different. A Frankenstein is kind of the Frankenstein's monster is like kind of taken the back seat and be kind of settles into what his role from the rest of the movies are of like he's the lackey and like they're goon. Why do I feel like you like Frankenstein movies but hate the monster? I like the monster, but it seems like you hate the monster. You like all the ones where he's not the focus. Why don't you like Frankenstein's monster, Brett? I do. I love Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are two of my favorite movies, but how great of an actor is Bela Lugosi that he stole the performance away from Boris Karloff as the monster in a part that should have just been a, it was supposed to be a background kind of character. He did such an amazing job. The the director was like, we're going to give you a full character. I'm writing all these lines for you. You're going to be in the entire movie. Terrible decision. He just has a thing for doctors, Greg, that's all. So why do you hate Frankenstein's monster? I don't. He hates Frankenstein's monster, we've we've determined. You you hate Frankenstein's monster like Greg hates Rocky Horror Picture Show and Young Frankenstein. I fucking don't! (laughs) I love Frankenstein's monster so much, I watch two different series that he's in. I don't just enjoy the one super popular one. Number 79, literally part of the reason my favorite video game series exists is Jacob's Ladder. It's got that like jumpy movement, um, that sudden panic-inducing feel to it. The strobe lights just really make you feel uneasy. Um, and it gets to the point where halfway through, you're, you just see something in the corner. You're like, oh, I hope he doesn't notice that. It's going to make him feel bad. And it, it's just really good psychological horror with a really fun visual aesthetic to it. Is this the sequel to Jacob's Leaf Blower? <laughs> Jacob's Gutter, I think, was the first one. <laughs> Jacob's Lawn was the final part of the trilogy. Am I incorrect? Isn't the Dick Pearson called a Jacob's Ladder? That's yeah. a king. Isn't that a king? No, no. The Prince Albert is when it Prince goes Albert. through the tip. The uh, Jacob's Ladder is when it goes across like this. Like up. Ah, okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. And Corey, you seem to know that answer really fast. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I've lived a life, Brandon. I've lived a life. <laughs> I pee out three holes now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's just it's so good that Silent Hill Homecoming literally just said, "Why don't we just make Jacob's Ladder worse?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number seventy-eight. We have It from 1990, starring Tim Curry as Pennywise. You know, that guy who's in that movie that Greg hates. Um, and But this, I love this movie. This was one of, the, one of my introductions to horror, was this movie. And, like, I had a paper route at the time when I watched this movie. I had to walk down the center of the street because I was not going near one of those goddamn storm drains. <laughs> Anyone that loves it from 1990, I want you to pause real quick and think, when was the last time I saw this and actually sat down and watched the whole thing? Because it's a fucking slog. I'm sorry. There are some slow bits, yes. It's so long. And I also think the first half is the only part that's worth watching. After you've seen it once, I think you just watch the first half and you're good. That's the... That's the it that's the issue with the it like story is the kid stuff like part of the story has always been like the better part and yeah. the adult stuff everyone thinks is boring. 
it, it's the same in the in the remakes. The first half yeah. is absolutely better than the second. I like both halves, but I definitely like half one better. I will say I appreciate the second half of the '90s version more that now that it chapter two came out and was really bad. So yeah, <laughs> this is one I've always toyed around with us covering, and I'm like, we are too busy to cover it from 1990 <laughs> because it's such a long watch. Oh, and how do you even we... talk about it? It's all pronouns, like it. It's so long. It's like four hours long. It was made for TV, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a mini. Yeah, it was a mini. Yeah, yeah. I think Tim Curry's performance in it, though, I, we're kind of ragging yes. on it. So bad. I think Tim Curry's performance on, in it is great. Honestly, oh yeah, it's a sillier than like the Skarsgård one that we get in like the 2017 one, but it's also creepier if you ask me. Like that scene with him sitting on the banister, like up top, is great. I love that one so much. Hey, Richie. Oh, I absolutely agree with you, Grant. I think the silliness of it actually makes it scarier than the Skarsgård version because yeah. it's like, oh, this guy's going to make me laugh than, you know, eat me. Yeah. It's much scarier if the clown is fully in the role rather than trying to be creepy wearing clown makeup. That's one yeah. thing I will say is I ragged on It 1990, but Tim Curry is great. Yes. I wish there was more of him in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number 77, we have Jennifer's body. Even when we were little, you used to steal my toys and pour lemonade on my bed. And now I'm eating your boyfriend. See? At least I'm consistent. If you ask me a movie that fell victim to the worst marketing ever out of any movie, and then yeah. it took it like 10 years to people finally come around to it and go, holy shit, this movie's actually really good. Oh no, this is one I remember because this I came out, I don't exactly remember, but it was like 2009, 2010. Yep. Okay. And it was around, I remember seeing the trailer in high school and being like, full shit, stupid movie, not watching it. Oh, look, the hot chick. Oh, is it Megan Fox again? She's in everything now. I'm tired of her. She's see? not a redhead. But then finally, I did see it for the podcast. I was like, holy shit, this movie fucking rules. I love it. Like Greg said, this is like one of the, this and Malignant is one that I can think of another one of like the trailer made it look so bad and like so generic, but the movie actually is like great. See, I had an opposite reaction to Brett when I saw that trailer and I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a really good movie. Um, <laughs> I, I I think it works because it doesn't take itself totally seriously and it's such a stupid premise that I think if it would have been more serious, it wouldn't have worked. And everybody I think had that, I think it paid off for everybody that saw that trailer and was going to it for certain reasons, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's definitely found its cult status today. Yeah. Um, actually, really fun performances all around in this movie, too. Mm -hmm. It knows exactly what it wants to do. And one of the most earworm songs with the low shoulder through the trees, like when I hear it. like, And it's weird because this movie feels like how Stranger Things does with the 80s, where it's like, all this 80s nostalgia to death. But this wasn't a nostalgia movie. This just no. captured what it was like growing up in this era so yeah. well, and that's when it came out, to the point you feel like it's made today about that time. You start tasting monster in your mouth and smelling Axe body spray. Exactly. Hair, hair all of a sudden starts covering your eye. You're like, my bald spot's gone. It covered it again. <laughs> 
I, I, I've, this is another one I, I've not seen because I saw the marketing for it. And I'm like, N -n no, and you guys have recommended that I watch it and I probably will at some point, but I, I don't think I'll get the same. Oh, I remember growing up in this era as I had already been married for two years when this movie <laughs> came out. Because you were 40. Because you were 60. I'm not even 40 yet. As of recording, I am not. 40. Oh, he's you 50. Well, you see, Corey had been retired hey! for 30 years by the time it came out. His retirement hey! home wouldn't let him out the day that it was in theaters. The, sh the shuttle bus wasn't coming by that day, so he, he didn't get no, to... He got no benefit from Megan Fox at that point. They had to go walk <laughs> the mall again. Not years. He's beaten on his crotch. Work, damn you! <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> What's number 76? We have Claude Rains and the Invisible Man. Love the Invisible Man so much. It's another one. Like I said, it's one of those classic Universal movies. That's like an hour and 10 minutes long. And this one is completely different, though, because it's not like frankenstein's monster it's like this creature that was just born and it doesn't know like what's going on it's terrified and like rampaging it's not dracula that's this ancient like amazing best creature that's ever been or something like that the invisible man he's a scientist who created a formula he took it and now he's going insane and claude rains does a great job of going insane throughout the movie of he just starts pulling hijinks of so many of these movies will go like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And they say the thing, but never actually show it. He's like, I'm going to crash a train. I'm going to rob a bank. I'm going to cause chaos. He does all three of those things, and we see it. I'm not going to have much to say for the next 10 minutes or so, just because I love the Universal Monster movies. And Invisible Man is one of those ones that I always think, that is a really cool effect. Yes. I love how they do this. And I'm, I always say to myself, I'm going to look it up, but I never do because I get so engrossed in it. Yeah, um, this, this is Invisible Man is one of my absolute favorites of the universes. Um, like, and I love, you know, this the scene where he's just walking through the town, just being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> just taking an old man's hat and throwing it in the lake. And then next scene, he tips a baby over. Exactly. I love this I love movie, it. but I want to say. Not a monster. Dude who's hard to see. The rest are monsters. Creature from Black Lagoon, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein. This is just a guy who's hard to see. You don't know what he looks like. Yeah, we do. do at the very end. end. Not when he's in there. He could have transformed. You don't know. No. This dude who's hard to see. Invisible well, monster. But by, 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 your, by your logic, then uh, Wolfman is just a hairy guy. Yeah, just shave Different. a little bit. Speaking of. Yeah, speaking of, coming in at number 75, we have The Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. Yes, holy shit. I love Lon Chaney Jr. so much. And this is this nice little universal block we have going on right here. I'm glad yeah. we can all we agree. We ran into a couple of those blocks, which we'll see later on the list, that I promise weren't planned. There's a couple like weird little specific blocks of very related movies. I love, I love this movie. Probably my second favorite of the Universal series behind Frankenstein. Um, but I, I can't say enough. Lon Chaney is amazing. 
oh yeah this this year for trick-or-treating i set up my tv uh, outside and for it was transitioning from daylight to nighttime and i put on the wolfman because it's perfect movie for that like i love it so much i watch it so many times um lon cheney jr's performance is stellar even though at the beginning he is a little creepy i've told the story on the podcast where i rented this movie as a kid because i got the wolfman toy in my burger king kids meal when i was excited oh. to watch the movie and i burger rented it so good and i was like this is fucking boring. Like, there's just a bunch of people talking for the beginning. And then yeah. later on, like, when I was probably, like, 19, 20-ish, when I was in college, I regretted it again. I really liked it. But it, when I was a kid watching it, expected that this cool thing I got in my toy was going to be causing mayhem and yeah. everything. Like, what is this? You don't appreciate it much until you get older. Um, I will say, like, you guys kept talking in the episode you did with uh, Wolfman Randy about Lon Chaney just being this giant. He was only 5'7". <laughs> well, everyone else then was very short. Like, I, I'm 6'2", so I would have towered over this dude. 5'7", like huge, yes, ginormous, like gigantic tower of a man, 5'7". Was it a Tom Whoa. Cruise? Was it a Tom Cruise scenario where they had to put like a box for him to stand on so he appeared taller than everybody else? I feel they like they everyone... did, because he looks huge in this movie. <laughs> they make everyone he crouch does. a little really bit. Does. Yeah, just well, stoop down a little bit, guys. Was it in the Orphan Two when they put everyone else in like platform shoes? <laughs> yes, yeah. was great. I love the behind the scenes of that movie. Seventy four, give it up, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Fuck Citizen Kane, man. I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon is fantastic. It, oh, one hundred percent. It's my favorite. It's the one that I fell in love with for the Universal Monsters. It's so cheesy. It's really goofy. Him flopping around in the water trying to swim with this suit on is just amazing. But I love every second of it. It's one of the first movies I ever dug into the behind-the-scenes stuff of. So, yeah. I had to be the creature from the Black Lagoon. Dude, the soundtrack to this movie is so weird. Because it fits. But how we were talking earlier, how you can listen to the Suspiria soundtrack. When yeah. you take this soundtrack out of this movie, it's just like a bunch of sirens going... Adds, over and over again. <laughs> it adds to that goofiness for me. I love it. Uh, great movie. Absolutely fun movie. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's great. It's well, This was one of the last of the Universals, wasn't it? This was the last of the big, what you consider the group of the Universal Monsters. This was the last one to come out. Yeah, and for the yeah. time being, the technology they used to film this movie was insane. Like the underwater yeah. shots and everything was like groundbreaking filming oh, yeah. at the time. Coming in at number 73, we have one of the greatest movies yes. of all time, Ghostbusters from 1984. It, it's amazing. We kicked its ass. Uh, it's a Golden Hall of Fame movie for us. It's it's just, it's a great movie. I Listen to our episode on it if you want to hear me gush about it and then deliver the Rick Moranis speech perfectly. <laughs> Say, I'm pretty sure I gave the movie a perfect 10 during yeah. our review. Um, I'm just saying, I enjoy the movie. It's great. I like Ghostbusters 2 also. It's great. Now what they're doing to it, I sh I'm surprised that you actually enjoy what they're doing to it because it seems like they're bending Ghostbusters over a pin table, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I I gotta agree with Brett. Um, I love the first. The first movie is perfect dry humor. Yes. Every single joke is perfect in this movie. It's, it's all about Bill Murray. They get fired, and Bill Murray doesn't want to get a real job, so he's like, "I'll create a job." That's the whole point. He's just like, "I don't want to go back to the office. I, if this makes money, fine. I'll do whatever you want." He doesn't care. But it, it's it's so good that everything else after that, nah. Afterlife is okay. I'm Team Corey here. I I like everything that Ghostbusters has pretty much put out, but. On this one specifically, I do, and I said it in the episode, I legitimately think Ghostbusters is one of the greatest movies of all time because it breaks every movie rule and still is successful. Like, and at the end of the day, I don't now do I think it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time? That's where it gets muddy for me because it definitely fits in the horror realm. But as far as like being a great horror movie, I don't know where it lands. But I do think Ghostbusters, yeah, exactly. But I still think it's such a fantastic movie holds up incredibly well you can watch it like any age of person whether they're there for that time or anything will have a good time with it um what i can say to, to brett's point of how i can like what they're doing with um with the the series now is the newer movies afterlife and this new one frozen empire they're almost trying to take it more into the show territory like the real ghostbusters cartoon which i never saw which was my yeah, favorite cartoon growing up. Uh, yeah, no, Ghostbusters, even Little Lagoon has watched this movie and loves it, laughs every time. It's one of those movies that doesn't matter how many times you rewatch it, every everything is still funny. You can requote it. I feel like Ghostbusters almost suffers from what like the Star Wars original trilogy does. Is they are amazing movies, but they're so overplayed to death that it's unless you take a lot of time out in between watching there's no charm you don't realize what an enemy you've just made out of everyone <laughs> in this group you are standing alone my friend especially when you brought star wars and took me and brandon both looked at you you've just done a terrible mistake i said that they're good but they're they like were way overhyped and played i literally just got done saying i can rewatch this after re-quoting it all day and still laugh <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, this is... Brett, do you remember when you were at my house eating my delicious chili and we were watching Young Frankenstein yes. and yeah. you, me, and my wife were just quoting the movie along? <laughs> it was so much fun. We watched it, 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 it. Like, like I can laugh at that movie just like I can laugh at Ghostbusters. It doesn't matter how many times I watch it. Well, fuck Greg. Um, Greg wasn't there or anything, apparently. Oh, yeah, Greg, There's... you were there, but I was mainly ragging on Brett right now. There's no you weren't young quoting Fra- the movie, Greg, because you hate Young Frankenstein. It's not Young Frankenstein 5, though, where they're like, okay, we ran out of ideas. Let's do Day After Tomorrow. Because Young Frankenstein was Frankenstein city. 5. It's not Young Frankenstein, guys. It's Young Frankenstein. Fair. True. All right. Um, enough about it. We could do a whole episode where I just yell at Brett about Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, and I have enough to rag about right now because at number 72, I've Donnie Darko. Damn, man, I love this movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I Emo, pretentious, sad high school Brett adored this movie and how sad exactly. Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. I would not say this is a horror movie at all. I would put this as less as a horror movie than Predator. Really? I see it. Yes, wow. because at least, like you said, at least Predator has, like, gore and killing and stuff. I still think it's an action movie. But this one just seems like... 
sad emo boy indie movie. But the rabbit it definitely it's a scary looking mask and it's a guy in a suit. So is everything else we talk about. So is Godzilla. But he doesn't Jason's just a guy anything. in a hockey mask. He just shows up. He stands there. And he sits in a theater. And he puts his hand against an invisible wall. It's more psychological. I think that's why it works so well. It's not about the gory, you know, killing everybody. It's you. You know, the world's going to end. And you can do nothing about it. Nobody is listening to you. No, nobody is listening to you right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's a good worry, movie. We got some but... twenty-four movies coming up. It's a good movie, but I don't personally. Sorry, Brandon from the Black Lagoon. I don't think it belongs on the list. I can't say I haven't seen it. Really, I have never seen Donnie Darko. It's... That surprises me. I think it was one of those movies when it came out. You know, all the emo kids liked it. You know, and exactly. I was you know, on my way to work. And you were already forty-five. Dude, I just remember sitting there with my head on the frosty window and the school bus listening to all around me are familiar faces song all the time. Don't understands me. God, I wish mom got me a monster this morning. See, we, the night that we didn't bands. have emo phases, we had goth phases. And when I say goth phases, I mean Visigoths. Burning you know, down. when we had to go off and uh, play like the hunts. I was going to start down. singing hunts. Hot <laughs> number 71 <clears throat> the house that jack built now has anybody seen this movie no no i've okay. heard pretty disturbing things on it though it's Lars von trier so i wish it wasn't but he's got a very cool depressing style about him that i love and it's it's a movie that explains why people with severe ocd would be the best killers there's a part like people who have seen the movie will know there's a part in the movie where he kills somebody, keeps returning back to the scene because he leaves the house and he's like, oh wait, I bet there's some blood over on that corner there. Goes back into the house as the police are coming, cleans it up, does this about three or four times, and it's the most tense scene ever. I could not put it on my list. I definitely want to check it out. I've heard things about it that have made me always want to watch it. Yeah. Forget about the guy. Lars von Trier, he's kind of, you know, an idiot in real life, but whatever. And number 70, uh, I think this is the first, like the newest, the newest movie on the list so far is so um, far is X from last year. Very nice. Um, I love this movie. Like, it took me a while to warm. It took me a couple watches to warm up the Pearl, but this one was like an instant. Like, I love this movie from seeing it. Oh, Howard! Oh no! Oh, go deeper, Howard! No, I love X so much. I remember when I first saw it, we reviewed it right away. It was one of those, like, brand new. We saw it in the theater and came home and, like, immediately reviewed it. And I think I gave it, like, a six at, like, my first watching. At the end of the year wrap-up, it was my second favorite movie of the year, only behind Pearl, which is the prequel to this movie. No, I love X so much. I cannot wait for Maxine to come out whenever that comes out. And... A year, five years, I don't know. X and Pearl came out within like six months of each other. Now it's how long after? Why are you waiting on this one? I think Maxine was a victim of the strike. It was. I, I remember writing this one low on that episode on the first watch. I think after watching Pearl, I've gone back and rewatched it and I appreciate it a lot more. It's definitely stepped it up more for me. Yeah. Uh, 
Pearl is still better, but X is You're right. definitely a fun watch. I prefer X out of the two of them, but I still like both of them. I loved X how it was... Let's be real. We are in the most, like, sexless point in media that we've ever been in. Oh, yeah. Like, as a country. You know what I mean? It's weird. Like, everything coming out for the most part, with a few exceptions. But X yeah. like, brought us to that grindhouse, like, really, like, gratuitous sex and violence that we haven't had in a long time. And I loved it for that. I think the cast is great in this movie all around. Oh, definitely. Like, one of the best ensemble horror casts we've had in a long time. Oh, and how lucky of them to grab Jenna Ortega right before she, like, really, yeah. like, took yeah. off. This is how I found out who she was. Yeah, this oh. is, I think, one of the first things I saw with her. Yeah. To me, this movie felt like a movie out of time for me. Yeah. Like, this yeah. felt like it should have come from... The, like the mid 70s exactly like right in time as texas chainsaw um again i love it i love this movie i'm excited for max and that's just ty's style i think that ty west has that he loves the old school horror and he tries to stay within that realm and it really works and he's really good at it coming in at number 69 nice nice we have carrie um I think I said on the show, actually, my favorite Stephen King story of all time. The original, by the way, not the remake we're talking about. Um, I think oh, Carrie's one of those classic horror movies, too, of all time. Um, it's one of the most quotable. They're all going to laugh at you. Dirty pillows, all the lines. Yes, we know. But, dude, the biggest comeuppance scene, like, if you ask me, one of the best ones of all time, at that prom scene and everything. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it. We don't have to worry about spoiling Carrie, right? That's culturally known, correct? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like so huge. Of like, yeah, she yeah. gets the bucket dumped on her head, and she takes revenge. Carrie did no wrong. She was completely in the right. What? Yeah. There's a bucket? I didn't know there was a, a bucket. The I'm bucket out. Did it. Quit. Who's John Travolta play? <laughs> Dude, John Travolta in this movie. It, we talked about it way back in the day. He just drinks all the time, but it just spills down him the entire movie. I don't understand what's going on. That was, that was post-Botox. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, Carrie's great. I love it. Um, performances all around. Uh, I don't remember her name, but the lady who played Carrie's mom is legit terrifying in this movie. Oh like, God, if that yeah. was your mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I would watch a whole movie just based on Carrie's mom. And great if you have religious trauma from a child growing up movie hits really hard yeah it's so weird because i wasn't like i wasn't raised religious i'm not religious and for but for some reason like religious horror movies like scare the fuck out of me like more than just normal horror movies usual and i don't know why because they're scary people brett yeah it is it's just like oh there's something wrong with you isn't there oh and number 68 we have sleepaway camp 2 which is you would think like okay sleepaway camp is probably gonna be a one-off like kind of friday the 13th knockoff movie it's literally in a summer camp it's a slasher movie it's the burning it's all the friday the 13th movies basically but sleepaway camp 2 like like basically takes the piss out of all of them of like it's just like parodying them of like literally like a hockey mask and the freddy glove come out at some point and a chainsaw i love how um was it uh but Bruce Springsteen's sister is just like so amazing in the movie. Um, and to like replace Felissa Rose as um, Angela 
is and being able to do like such an amazing job because like that character is so huge where she's still out there like doing it of course like she's still like at all these cons every weekend and she has huge lines one of the reasons because she's such a nice person but springsteen taking it's just so insane that's bruce springsteen's sister but no it's a lot of fun i enjoy it like and even the third one is even more batshit but this is the better of the sequels yeah i love two two's the best there's an outhouse kill where someone gets pushed into an outhouse and comes up with <laughs> leeches on them for some reason i absolutely love this one it's it, i definitely like the original better but i will say that this one depending on my mood this one can be my favorite one because they're such totally different movies yeah i feel like i like the first one more but i've seen this one more this one is more rewatchable because I think because of the ridiculousness. Yeah. And it doesn't rely on the twist. You know what I mean? All twist endings lose a little bit of rewatchability. Yeah. Exactly. Number 67. Mm -hmm. Rob Zombie house of a thousand corpses. It's the most evil prank that Jim has ever played on Dwight in the history of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Zombie makes movies about haunted houses and I love them. It's just nothing but jump scares and managing to drop seven F-bombs in one sentence. And it works so well and it's so fun every time. I don't know why. It's super grungy, super dark, super fun. I love Otis. Otis is completely deranged. Uh, Captain Spaulding, bless up, rest in peace. Uh, Dr. Satan is the dumbest and coolest character design I've ever seen. But it's very so Mad Max. It's so good, and I love. I behold, Fish Boy. There he is. <laughs> I need oh, that no. on a T-shirt. I do too. <laughs> I love House of House of a Thousand Corpses so so much. It's a watch on Halloween Day movie for me yeah. every single year. Even though Rob Zombie like poo poos it now, and he doesn't like it anymore, and he's like, "Well, I kind of get because it it's his first film." Like I hate our first bunch of episodes. You know. The only reason the only reason he hates it so much is because they made him cut so much of it to get in theaters, and he learned how oh. to get around that in the in future. It's it's still my favorite Rob Zombie movie. But Otis, like as like Bill Mosley, so known as Chop Top, and now he's almost like equally known as Otis, which is insane that like he yeah. got like two of these characters in a lifetime. Yeah, House of One Thousand Corpses did give us the Bill Mosley <laughs> revival, like that the world needed. It, it absolutely did. I would even say at this point, I think he might even be more known as Otis than he is as Chop Top. Yeah. I mean, given the Possibly. fact that he did Otis in three movies and he only did Chop Top in one, and the fact that most people these days have the attention span of a goldfish. If this movie is also like, it is Rob Zombie thinking he was only ever going to be able to make one movie ever, so he crammed like two movies worth of movie into the movie, also music yeah. videos. Like, I love he threw everything at it completely of like, this might be my only chance. I'm going to go batshit crazy with it. It was one of the reasons I love it. I don't know, Brett, if your wife has played Outlast or if you've seen her play Outlast. Uh, there was a character, a doctor character in that game, too, that really looks like Dr. Satan. Hmm. And I just giggle every time I play it. I don't know. I, I don't play the video games. It's because you're old and can barely see the screen now. It's true. <laughs> Too many buttons. It's the problem. That's right. Give me More than five buttons, buttons is unnecessary. 
Well, up next we have It Follows. The uh, 66. 66. Yes, number 66, It Follows. Um this is one I didn't I didn't really get see it until like a year or two ago. And I I just wound up falling in love with this movie. It's a great movie, a fun uh, I'm not going to say a fun premise, but it is an interesting it's a good premise for a horror movie that have you know kids it could be kind of a it's a fun premise half of it is <laughs> it's you know that your std will follow you around and try to kill you std well, demon if you will this is one of the reasons like i really love doing the podcast is this is one that like i kind of knew about but it was like i'm not gonna watch that new horror movie <laughs> color no um but the podcast made me watch it follows and i was like oh i fucking love it to where like now there's gonna be the a sequel podcast. coming out <laughs> yeah great podcast that's why the podcast, podcast made me watch it great great podcast <laughs> uh no i remember seeing it follows in theaters when it first came out and i it was during my i hate everything phase and i didn't like it and I gave it another shot, and it does have some good moments. I think it's higher up than it should be in our master list, personally. But You put it on your list! I did, but not this high. Um, I think me and you were the only ones with it on our list. Oh, okay. No, I have it on mine. Okay, Corey did it. I don't think I had it. It's it's that slow process of you know something's coming, and you don't know where or how far away it is. That It's a driving line of tension throughout the entire movie, and it's great. You got out of your I hate everything phase? Partially, yes. Wow. I love it. I think it follows the the it is so terrifying, though. Just like the very, like, thousand-yard stare on these people, like, as they're coming <laughs> after you and they change form and everything. I think the it's slow great. walking. Yeah. So was it just bad dick that was it? I guess so. Was, was it just a bad lay that follows you around? Oh. Probably. Yeah, it Follows has a sequel coming out next year. Yes, it does. They Follow. Not to be confused with the movie that completely ripped it off, Smile. Oh, it's going to be an orgy this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the demon is just like, he keeps walking back and forth. Like, which one do I go to? <laughs> you know oh, what? I'll come back when you're done. At number 65... I have Friday the 13th, the original, uh, which I think should be much, much higher on the list. But I love Friday the 13th. It is so much fun. I loved it since I, I remember buying it in Suncoast Video with my allowance. And I walked up to the store clerk with my VHS tape. It's right behind me. Ari Lehman uh, signed it for me. And um, I went, I would like to purchase this, mister. And he goes, you're not 18. You can't buy this. And I had to have my mom buy it for me. <laughs> Um, I, I love this movie. It was on my list. Um, but it's not even the best of its own series. No, but I like it a lot. But it's completely like kind of it's like how Halloween three kind of stands alone. Like I know this is actually part of the story, but it's its own kind of thing. Of like we get Mrs. Voorhees. I love Pamela yeah, Voorhees yeah. so much. Like she's great. I love her oh, sweater. I'm not, I'm not going to talk any crap on this movie at all. Like none whatsoever. No, I think the movie's great. Um, you get a young Kevin Bacon performance in it that's really yeah. good. And 
it it's works as a standalone movie, and to be honest, it was the intention when it came out. Yeah. It was just a perfect storm of a lot of good luck that this movie launched the franchise. And I'm not that's not an insult. It was a perfect storm of a lot of good yes. luck that all yeah. came together and birthed this franchise. But no, the original is still fun to go back to, even though it's not what the series became. It's still a fun rewatch when you do. Well, it's such like when it starts to become summertime, it's like springtime. I have to watch this movie. It gets you like so in the mood for like it's summertime. You're going to the lake. You're outside a lot. Greg and I got to go to the um, uh, Friday the 13th uh, filming locations for the first one. Blairstown Diner was amazing. They have a great burger. We got to stand outside of the camp and we're too afraid to go in, like side of it because there's a truck parked there. I am glad that this movie was very successful, though, because I can't imagine Jason's mom being one of the top villains in horror of all time. So, oh, so, I could I, see it. She's brutal. Like, look how many people brutal, she killed way before, like decades before Jason. She, she is was very killing brutal, people. But, but imagine a future reality where it was Freddy Krueger versus Jason's mom. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Dude, I think I'd like that better than the one we got. <laughs> Freddy would still get his ass kicked. He's a little wimp. Absolutely. Fair. I'm just saying, we haven't covered Nightmare on Elm Street yet. But that's, to that's, be fair, it's there. It's just further down the list. I don't think right, it made the better. list. It, oh, it I made the list a couple it. times, and we just haven't hit them yet. Well, because the original Nightmare is better than the original Friday the 13th. No. But as a series, Friday no. the 13th is better. I'm actually in no. agreement with Corey on that one. Like, no. as far as the original because I think the original Nightmare is the strongest Nightmare, where I don't oh, think the original Friday the 13th is the strongest Friday the 13th. Yeah. See, I think one and three are the best Nightmare movies. I don't think any of the Friday the 13th movies kind of stand out to me, besides Jason X for being so stupid. <laughs> so that's why I rate Nightmare higher. Brandon, will you please quit making me agree with you on things? <laughs> Like, I am uncomfortable with the amount of agreeing I've done with Brandon on this episode so far. It makes me feel don't bad. Worry, I'll, pay you I'll pay you later. Don't worry. All right, cool. Um, coming in at number 64, we have The Devil's Rejects. I think I'm going to get me some tutti fucking fruity. Tutti fucking fruity. That sounds good. Tutti fucking fruity. Shut up. Tutti fucking fruity. Yeah. Bob Zombie's follow up to House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I like this one better than House of a Thousand Corpses because my brain won't let me do that, but it is, they're right there. They're touching tips. Well, allow me, because my brain will definitely say it. I think this movie is a thousand times better, and I like House of a Thousand Corpses. I just think The Devil's Rejects is perfect. This is a Bonnie and Clyde serial killer movie, and I love it so much from yeah. beginning to end. And they had some work to do. Because if you look at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses, like Brett said earlier, Rob Zombie thought he was only making one movie. So they had some backtracking and stuff to do. Like, shit, we get to tell another story, and we kind of threw everything but the kitchen sink at the last one. And I think he recovers way better than Rob Zombie has the right to do, being, like, yeah. this super new director. And this is where the characters really shine through. Uh, Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig, is in the first one but he gets to be in way more of this one and really steals the show. Yeah. It's always like, which one do you feel like, well, like what kind of mood are you in? Are you in like a gritty grindhouse type of feel? Then go for house of a thousand corpses. If you want more of a, like you shouldn't feel bad for like 
the bad guys and like hate the good guy but that's what this movie makes you do because like look at it the devil's rejects the three of them are partying and having an amazing time and the sheriff that's chasing them is like going insane he's like just pissed off all the time he's having the worst time which one would you rather be hanging out with oh yeah i definitely agree with um like if you're looking for a movie about characters it's this one is 110 percent the better movie just for me i like that grindhouse style from like my personal taste that's close that's why i would rank house of a thousand corpses just slightly above but yeah if you're looking for characters like this movie reminds me a lot of uh natural born killers in some ways and that's one of my favorites i could see that yeah and also like if you would like this movie and you have it on dvd and you've not checked out the special features check them <laughs> out because there's a so many so much like behind the scenes making of this movie mm. and like it's back when dvds did it right and they actually put special features on their shit not oh you get the trailer and you get to pick what scene you get to watch first no this one had like a bunch of great stuff it's great commentary there's so much behind the scenes stuff Coming at number 63, we have our first Romero appearance of the list. We have Day of the Dead. Choke on up. This one's just fun. I like this one. Day of the Dead's great. It's the zombie movie that forgets it's a zombie movie at times, but you don't mind because of how good the acting is and everything. Um, again, just George Romero, inventor of what we know zombie movies. People don't give this one enough credit, if you ask me, in the trilogy. Everyone's always talking about Night and Dawn, which, rightfully so, they're great. I think Day of the Dead's so good, though. I like this movie a lot. I will be honest, it's been a while since I've seen this one, because of what you said, it's not really given its credit. But I remember it being the most polished of Ramiro's movies and feeling the most tense at times, but still kind of funny in his low-budget sort of way. Yeah. Well, this is like Romero really letting loose, I feel, because like Night and Dawn are great. I love them. But Night is just like, oh, they board up the house. It's like a a person drama type thing like that. But there's still like a lot of zombie action. Number two is just the batshit, crazy acid weed, like... At like horror movie in a mall where zombies are attacking. It's like, oh, we got a mall. Let's do Tom Savini. Go have fun. And Day of the Dead is really like refined Romero and like Savini. I feel like at his top, like the effects in this movie, I think are my favorite of any Savini. When the zombie like sets up off the gurney and all of its guts fall out, like mm-hmm. you could, yeah. see, you know how they did it. Like it's the guts are. Uh, they made it like they built the chest out and whatever but savini does it so amazing but so simple that it works and it still works to this day of it's like how many of those effects look at the 80s remake blob and how bad when like they're rotoscoped in like in front of the blob and stuff it looks horrible this still holds up yeah yeah coming in at number 62 we have poltergeist and uh the start of my fear of little girls i think just they're so creepy. Um, it's Steven Spielberg writing your typical ghost story movie, but this is what I think of when I think ghost movie. So I guess he kind of helped start that trend. It's not super high on my list of favorites, but it's a fun, spooky, haunty rewatch. I've rewatched Poltergeist a couple times, and every time I do, I sit down going, "Oh, I can't wait to watch Poltergeist." And to me, 
I still like it, but it's kind of what Brett said about it to me. Man, it always feels like a slog to get through once I start it for some yeah. really cool scenes. But yeah. man, the rest of it to me, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, she's in the TV. There's not enough to tie those cool parts together. Um, this this movie was on my list as well, and I love it. It's probably my favorite of like the ghost house type movies. But yeah, it's a slog. Like, when you think about Poltergeist, you, you just play those good scenes in your head. You're like, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, and then I actually went. I actually just watched this like a couple days before recording. I'm like, oh, I should have put this lower on my list. <laughs> I said this is one that I've. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole movie in one setting. It's because it is. It's like it's a long and it's, it takes a lot to get through. But there's certain parts that pop up that you know. That, yeah, this house is clean, <laughs> dude. I love her. What's so? It was perfect. <laughs> They're like, I know that, and I know, like, the TV, and doesn't, like, the one guy, like, pull his face off in the mirror? Is that this movie? Yeah, that's this, right? Like, where he's scratching his face, and... Yeah. And he starts yeah. pulling it yeah. away, and it's, like, got a skull face, and it's PG somehow. Whenever I see that scene, I can only think of the scene in um, Family Guy when Peter pulls off his face <laughs> and, <laughs> and turns into Hank Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Propane. <laughs> And number 61, I got the lighthouse. I love the lighthouse so much. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? Yes. You're fond of me lobster. Say it. It's so good. It's so atmospheric. It's black and white, which I love. This is a perfect movie. If you own a projector, watch it yes. on a projector. Because it looks like a movie like that that it should be watched. Because, um... I've Robert Eggers, he I've liked so much that he's done. I think I've liked almost everything he's done. And we get Nosferatu coming next year for yes. him, which is great. But even like it has what Robert Pattinson in it from fucking Twilight Guy, which I've come to around to with this movie. He's no longer Twilight Guy, he's Lighthouse Guy, who jerks off to the mermaid and he sees the giant mermaid vagina. This is the movie that made Robert Pattinson a good actor to me. Um, yeah. And Robert Eggers, oh my god, I love you. Um, ever since Ari Aster let me down with Bo's Afraid, um, Robert Eggers is still one of those timeless directors. He's like the modern powerhouse that we get in, in, in cinematography or in directors. He's like the modern uh, powerhouse that we get for, for directors in Hollywood that I think is yeah. really trying to drive creativity. Okay, talk about Mr. Eggers here. I have a love-hate relationship with him. I saw The Witch, and I loved it. I'm like, this movie's yeah. fantastic. It's yep. great. Believe me, it'll be showing up on this list somewhere. Um, and then, Brett picked The Lighthouse one day for the podcast. And I was excited to see his follow-up to The Witch. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm excited. I'm glad you guys like this movie. I hate it. I hate this movie. It's <laughs> Like, Willem Dafoe has some really fun moments in it, yeah. but I believe kind of unintentionally fun. They were just like, you're fond of me lobster, aren't you? But like, the, I, I'm so sick of movies. Look, Hereditary did it and no one else should again. Using grief or madness as an allegory for something. And the end is like a choose your own adventure book where so many different realities are flashing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want this. Tell me what happened. No, I just love how it just ramps up more and more and gets more and more batshit to where they're drinking kerosene and dancing around. 
and like I like they have like the se- the secret stash of booze that they have to dig up and stuff. Um, I also Brandon, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no soundtrack. It's just the constant yeah of the lighthouse that just constantly drones throughout the movie and just it's like anxiety like it just causes anxiety and you're just like i'm fucking tired of the which is another one of those like eras of hereditary where everything is just sound for the sake of making you feel uneasy but yeah um gray i don't think you can say you hate this movie when we have a scene of robert pattinson beating the shit out of a seagull for you couldn't save it how long two minutes no no dude i That's watched I, I tried because i told brett i'm like i know this is a technically good movie that's it's well acted it's well it's, shot but man i don't like it it's beautiful it's his, most pretent- it's his most pretentious movie to be sure and that's probably why i like it i made it about 10 minutes into this movie and and like brett i said well i'm fucking tired and I went and I shut it off and went to bed. And I have not come back to it yet. Well, speaking of modern masterpieces in horror, I'll actually say for this next one, we have at number 60, Train to Busan. This movie gave zombie movies a shot in the arm. Man, I love this. It's a Korean, correct? Zombie yes. movie? Yes. And you know those like bullet trains? What a cool setting for a zombie movie. Like Greg said, like, I was so fucking sick of the fucking zombie, especially after Walking Dead, and I blew so much fucking money on merchandise for that series, because the first few seasons were pretty awesome, and then it fucking blew, like, hardcore, but this made me re-like the genre, and, like, made me, like, oh, I started watching the Romero stuff again, I went back to, like, the good stuff, like, oh, it's not all stupid Walking Dead stuff, it's good stuff like this, I can't wait to cover it for the podcast at some point. Yes. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I have too. Um, number 59, we have Green Room. Um, I think this was the first A24 movie I've seen. Long story short, Patrick Stewart's a racist who locks up and tortures a punk band because they play at his racist bar. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's so gory without being obnoxiously gory to the but it's very artsy gory and it it makes you feel claustrophobic especially being in that room for so long you don't know what patrick stewart or the the skinhead tribe is going to do to these people it's it's uncomfortable but it's satisfying in the end and that's why i love this style of horror movie two things i want to say about green room one I was about this life. I was in a van with a bunch of dudes going around and playing places. And two things about that. This movie does it more realistic than any movie I've ever seen in my life of what it's actually like being in a touring DIY band. 100%. There's no, we want to battle with the bands and we got a bus. No, this is what it's like. This was, this was refreshing to see. And two, the gore in this movie yes. is so well done and sickening because it's, like clinically realistic gore yeah. the way they do it like as much as i love hatchet i was talking earlier the, you see a dude get strangled with intestines and pulled away in hatchet i love that but man something about like a dude getting his wrist cut with a machete and pulling it back in and That's... how real it looks is so good in this 
that's what I mean. It's not over the top. It's it's the medical accurate part that makes it really cringeworthy. Oh yeah, Anton Yelnick is like awesome in it, and he's like yeah. such a like loss like to acting because I really enjoy a lot of what he's done. He was great in this. I liked him with Charlie Bartlett. It's not a horror movie; it's like a comedy, but he's good in that. He's like he's in the new Star Trek and is like fits in perfectly but like greg was saying like he came from it from the band side i came from it from the fan side of i went to so many of these diy clubs like the empire and stuff where byob that also included i could just bring an entire bottle of vodka into the club and drink it at the bar and they didn't care so it was cool to see like that kind of representation like kind of greg was saying of um how it's not like the big over the top like oh everything cbgb's like no sometimes there's like the one light and like the broken down strip club that two people have been stabbed in brett i was really concerned where you're going with that sentence when you said greg came from the punk band side and i came from the other side how do you think we met we were both in a blackout (laughs) and all of a sudden we were friends we don't know how that happened um, the venue in this movie, other than the fact that it's, you know, a hardcore racist venue, Bad. reminds me so much of a venue we had in in our home area that I love that I love doing shows at. Mm. Uh, the casket factory, Tire Hill. Oh yeah, um, we were all, we've all been there. Um, but this movie to me is just a great example of something that A twenty four does better than anyone else just yes. making you uncomfortable to watch a movie like oh i love all this stuff no... of them like peeking out the door and like the mm-hmm. whole thing is like kind of getting out of the room and when they finally do kind of leave it it's so like oh don't leave the room yeah like you you can't relax watching no. this movie because it just the the tension and and it's true in a lot of a24's movies and like I said, they do it better than just about anybody. But yeah, I loved this movie. I watched it because you guys covered it. And I, I wanted to see it before I listened to the episode. And like, this might be one of my favorites that I've watched because of the podcast. Hmm. Good. Oh, um, Number 58, we have quite possibly the best... Friday the 13th movie, Jason Takes Manhattan, a.k.a. Jason Takes a Boat Ride. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this this is my favorite. Jace, Jason Takes a Boat, and then he takes a Canada, and then he takes Manhattan, Times Square, for half a minute. I want to point out, this was not ironic when I put it on my list. This wasn't a joke. I love this movie so much, despite its flaws. And it makes me so incredibly happy, and I don't even want to look at Brett's expression right now, that Part 8 beat the original. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Jason just punches that dude's head, like, clean off. Like, there's no ragged marks or anything. It's just a straight cut across his neck, because Jason punched him so hard. It's great! A girl draws her biology project on her nearly naked body and then goes up to knock off Peter Cushing to try to get a passing (laughs) grade. (laughs) Remember when I was saying, like, how great of a memory it was buying Friday the 13th, the first one of VHS from Suncoast with my allowance? And I went, Mr., I would like this movie. And he goes, yes, sir. 
and he gave it to me. This is one where I was like, oh, Jason takes Manhattan. Jason goes to New York. That's completely different from all the other ones. I can't wait to spend my hard-earned allowance money on this. And I was so disappointed. And it's still sitting back there, begrudgingly. This movie is why I was really concerned about Scream 6. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that during Scream 6, they play part eight Friday yeah. the 13th part eight in the background yep. and they almost do the same thing that Friday the 13th part eight did of oh we're in New York they don't really take advantage of it much the original script for this movie had so much more but then they looked at their budget and realized what they did like the boxing part was supposed to take place in Madison Square Garden yeah. they're supposed to fight on top of the Statue of Liberty there's there's so much New York in the script and they had to cut it down and I have photo proof that there is no way that that yacht got from crystal lake down this tiny little trickling stream to new york city right by the statue of liberty no way it happened oh the director has even mentioned like people have asked me like yeah how did that happen like what's how do you explain that plot hole he's like i don't there's supposed water Suspension of disbelief, dude. This movie yeah. just feels like a travel guide for New York. Yeah. This movie Ottawa. feels like a warm hug from a friend. They're in New York for three minutes, and yeah. they're captured by back alley punks and injected with heroin. <laughs> uh, coming at number 57, we have one near and dear to my heart. We have Critters. The movie that scared me more than any other horror movie as a child, more than The Exorcist, more than anything, Critters terrified me so bad. Son of Intern it. Corey says you're weak. I, I, I mean, dude, I was like, I remember like my mom would go grocery shopping, and, and like I, my job would be go help her bring the groceries in, but I'd be scared that there'd be critters under the car that would shoot their quills at my leg like in the movie and then eat me. Not only are the critters good, we get the background character characters of the bounty hunters coming after the critters, which I like the bounty hunters maybe more than the actual critters themselves. And we get like the comic relief of this movie. I really enjoy Charlie. He, he has a good ending. Like he actually has yeah. like a fulfilling story arc, which a lot of times those ones don't. Usually they just die. Yeah. Well, at number 56, I have Basket Case. <laughs> I love Basket Case so much. Like I told Terry Susan Smith, who we interviewed, and you should go check out that interview episode, everyone. Um, this is like a warm blanket movie for me. Like, I will, like, I don't know what to watch. What to put on Basket Case because I love the gritty, gritty New York feel. Of like they're just walking around with like a 16 millimeter camera on the street corner, just filming with no permit. There's Kevin Van Hittenrick walking around with a basket and people are just like staring at the camera. Um, the performances, no, no one here is like professionals or anything. They're, no, it's amazing. no, no. I, I love Frank Hennenlotter's work so much. He's still alive. Please do more, sir. <laughs> I don't care what you do. It does. It doesn't have to be Basket Case Four. I know you didn't want to do three. Really, it can be whatever you want to do. Your creativity is amazing. Look at what you did. Basket Case is the perfect example of just like a dirty, low budget, 
does it really even make sense movie that I love so much? Basket Case is so much fun. It it's just, one of those it's, movies it's a movie that just work. It's one of those movies that makes me hopeful that I'll be able to make a film in the future. You know, dirty, yeah. grungy, yeah. filmmaking. Besides and, and throbbing also, with horror commercials. Of yes. course. <laughs> Commercial making extraordinaire. Um, it also shows you don't have to take everything so seriously. You can make a great movie and have a great script and it's batshit crazy. But yeah. if you believe in it enough and you have like a good enough script, it can work. Where like decades later, it's on Blu-ray. Get the crowd excited. Get some ketchup on, on you for blood. It's great. Well, speaking of Basket Case and Frank Henenlauter, coming at number 55, we have Frankenhooker. Jeffrey, we've only got a few minutes left before we hit the streets. Have you found your perfect woman yet? Want a date? Got any money? Anybody got a stam? Frankenhooker's another movie that shouldn't work. It's so good. Um, They have... Uh, Patty Mullen, who's just a straight-up smoke show, playing a fat woman at the beginning who gets chopped up by a lawnmower. And I say the term fat woman as I didn't realize she was supposed to be a fat woman. She is in a slightly puffy suit that I didn't even realize was going on. And, like, after the accident, like, the girthy woman was killed today, like, on the news. (laughs) And then, obviously, it's the Frankenstein story where he brings her back with hooker parts. And it's amazing. This movie is so much fun and everyone should watch it. It's so fucking weird how they treat it, like the atmosphere of it, where because he's doing these like terrible, like Frankenstein-esque science experiments in his like kitchen while his 1950s mom is like making like he's getting the burgers ready to take out the dad on the grill. How are you doing, son? You know, like. It's such a weird combination. And then it starts going more and more bad shit to where like the hooker parts form together and they still all they care about is the crack. <laughs> I've, I've not seen this movie, but it sounds like Repo the Genetic Opera and I really want to see it. <laughs> kind of similar. You a- okay. You absolutely should watch this movie because we do share a love of, of Repo. Um, yeah. You know, like like when he just straight up explodes a room of hookers for the parts. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> with when the, he's like... with the, with the super crack he's like measuring right all now. of them and they all think like he's trying to pick out like the perfect one for him where he's like measuring their body parts and stuff like oh you have great legs like you know with those lead sugar there's a part where he looks at a foot and he goes ah bunions it starts like <laughs> filing them when he just puts the check mark on the girl's ass. yes like a plus <laughs> We, we could do another whole episode of this on that movie. No, Frank and is so great. Um, but coming in at number 54, the I'm going to say probably the newest movie on this list. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we have Suitable Flesh from this year. Um, the reuniting of Dennis Paoli, Barbara Crampton, and Brian Yuzna. Um, I'm covering another Lovecraft, another Lovecraft adaptation for them. Uh, just, I love this movie more now than when we did our episode on it because I've watched it a few more times. Like everybody knows my love of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I think this might have unseated it as my top spot. Oh, 
for the year. I don't know if this is coming out before or after our end of year rankings, so they might already know. I have no idea when this is coming up. But, yeah, you might already know, but this one, for me, I love this movie. So, I, this is one of those ones, I actually wish I would have put it higher on, on my list for this. It's almost a perfect movie. I can't say enough about Interesting. it. Interesting. You guys talk. It's so insane that I enjoyed this movie as much as I did. But like Corey said, like there's so many of these like reanimator like kind of building blocks coming back together with Dennis Paoli, Barbara Crampton and uh, Brian Usna of like, I love this team together. Like then this is like we taught we got to talk to Dennis Paoli. Please check that out on our YouTube and also our uh, episode on iTunes. Why not check out both of them um, where we we also got a screener for this movie so we were quasi in contact with the people that does not mean that we're just going to automatically be like oh we love the movie because we don't love every single movie you know where we legit actually really do love this one if we had nothing to do with it whatsoever i'd be like it's amazing before they contacted us, I said, I cannot wait for this to come out. It looks great. And it does. It reminds you, it's a throwback to those great, like, 80s kind of horror movies of, like, the reanimator exactly type. You say go listen to us talk to Dennis Paoli. It's go listen to you and I nod our heads lovingly as this as this man just tells us the greatest stories of all time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was great. Like, he tells great stories. It's a lot of yes. Like, yes, Dennis Paoli, we like you. (laughs) We love you. Tell us words. But no, this is like, this is like a sleeper, like, find completely. Like, I'm surprised I liked it as much as I did. I I knew Barbara was in it. I didn't know the whole team was back, that many from the original team. So I definitely definitely want to try to check this out before you. Oh, you have to. I, I, I will come to your house. And glue your eyelids open and make you watch if you don't. Don't threaten me with a good time. Go on. <laughs> oh, well, at number 53, I have a movie that I found kind of late in life that I'm surprised I did. It, it seems like a movie I would love from the very beginning. But it's Night of the Demons. Like, it took me forever to find it. But this is one that I saw it on Blu-ray. And now it's like, oh, I fucking must own this because I love it so much. It's a great Halloween watch. We got uh, Greg and I got to watch a panel, like a Q and A, with like the two leading ladies, which was great. And Corey, Corey was there. Oh, Corey was there too. Yeah, he drove. I us. drove you. I don't remember which you horror rode in you my car. How am I the old one? <laughs> Dude, Night of the Demons is so good. I love this movie. All the performances in it. It's perfect eighties cheese. Um. Linnea Quigley is doing her thing, and I will forever, until the day I die, remember her opening scene in this movie. Um, There's a prosthetic scene, all practical effects, with a tube of lipstick that will give you the most frightened boner in the world. You're not sure what's going on. (laughs) I'm so confused. Um, But you have the... the, Our classic... If anyone's been listening to this show for a while, you will know that plastic on the furniture reference that comes from this movie it's so good like so none of it makes sense but i love it and this is a haunted house movie and i use that term sparingly because it's more of a zombie movie if we really want to break it down but this is my kind of haunted house movie yeah love this movie 
I love the group of friends where it's almost like none of them are actually friendly towards each other. I love the sloppy, drunk mess fat guy. Like, I love it when, like, a movie will have that character. Um, I love when, like, the one character, I forget what it was, is it Amanda? Starts, like, dancing to, like, Angela. goth music. Angela. Angela. Starts dancing to goth music. And I was like, oh, all I know is about, like, Bauhaus. Like, I should get more into goth music. I like this music. Who's this, Greg? He goes, it's Bauhaus. I was like, god damn it! <laughs> um yeah this this is what i i it's a it's i had seen this one like a long time ago but kind of forgotten about it but rewatched it again because of you know you guys covering it and then you know getting to see the panel this this was such a fun watch 100 percent recommend you got you got to watch it at least once in your life i I even like the one character just runs away and hides in the car. Like, how many times have you said, like, I would just hide? He tries that and it doesn't work out. They throw a body on the car from a roof. Yeah, they're like, uh uh-uh, you're not just going to hide throughout the entire movie. Number 52, we got Kevin in the Woods. And it's, it's, it's fucking horror trope the movie. I don't know how else to describe it. I love it. it what else do you want? It's fun. It's I think got jokes. It's got quips. It's got premarital sex leading to death. It's got every single trope you can think of. I'm not saying it's my favorite meta horror movie, but out of all of the meta horror movies, I don't think any of them do it as good as Cabin no. in the Woods does. Yeah. To the point you can make Cabin in the Woods a sequel to every horror movie you've ever seen, and it makes sense. They, they've enveloped everything, and it's so good. No, like, I love the characters on both sides. I love the stoner character so much. Spoiler alert for, like, half a second. I love that he ends up being, like, usually, like, that character's, like, dispatched with at the very beginning. No, he's, like, the hero that makes it to the end. Where, like, I always, I also love his giant coffee mug bong. It's, they're like, you're not bringing a giant bong with us on the trip. He's like, of course not. That'd be insane as he collapses it into a coffee mug. They made a real functioning bong for that, by the way, which that cost quite a bit of the movie's budget <laughs> oh, to make that real. Yeah. Um, I literally went into watching this movie because it was it was you know Joss Whedon, you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. Yeah. I love those series, and I will admit the first time I watched it, I must have been tired or something because, like, I didn't like it. Like, I kind of hated it the first time I watched it, but then I went back and watched it like. Not that long after that, and I, I loved it. Like, so much fun. Like, I think I was just sleepy or in a bad mood that day. You know how us old people get. To me, this is what Spaceballs is to Star Wars. Right. This is this is a horror movie that criticizes and admires horror movies at the same time, and it just it works in so many levels. Just them cutting between the house and. The, the the science facility like all right who's got 10 bucks on that you know it works so well it's so dumb in the ending just them eh, fuck it whatever the, I, for the ending was just amazing i love the one guy just really wants the mermaid they're like yeah i know you yeah. really want it but do you know how bad the cleanup is with that like it's not worth it <laughs> dude the whole not the very end but like once we're to keep this very fairly spoiler free for those who haven't seen it when we're in the facility and everything goes nuts, oh my god, just that ding! And all hell has entered this place at once in every form imaginable. I'm like, this is the coolest 15 minutes of a movie I have ever seen. 
it's like Ready yeah. Player One with just like, oh, I saw him and I saw that monster and I saw him over there, you know. But then there's yeah. a great comedy beat because there's like the first initial like release and then there's all the chaos and you think it's over and then you get ding and round uh -huh. two comes out. <laughs> yeah. And then capping off this episode, our first half, at number 51, Fright Night. <laughs> I can't stand it. Fright night. You're so cool, Brewster. Oh, you mean this isn't the remake? I told you. No. I we were talking about the Fright Night remake. Oh, was, I watched like, Call of Way better. Remake has Stupid Magician, who should be a horror host. Be a horror host, no. Stupid Magician. No, I do love the, I, the, the original is amazing. Um, this is one I remember renting this one on VHS walk walking through the local video store here just because the cover with that big like smoke monster, like the vampire in smoke over the house and everything. Uh, just says, oh, I, I have to watch it. Yeah, the, the poster that Greg is pointing to that the people can't see. Um, it's a great poster. It, oh, it's an amazing poster. You know what? Let's describe in detail this poster because people love it when you describe things they can't see. Is that 99% no, like... conservation glass? <laughs> no, this is one of my favorite vampire movies, though. 100%. I love it yeah. so much. I didn't... When we did this, I did go into expecting it to be a Hall of Famer, but ended up being a Hall of Famer, which made yeah. it even happier. Both of us, me and Brett on that episode, gave it a perfect score. Fright Night's so much fun. It's one of those nostalgia movies for me again, where I remember, I think my dad had the VHS or a $5 DVD bin at my house. And I remember just popping it in one day when I was bored and it was so cheesy and I'd have to go back and watch it to really remember all of it. But I remember loving just the campiness of it again. This is one, another like one that I found way late than I should have, because this is like the perfect Brett from Dimension Z movie almost of you get the horror host who shows their universe's version of Hammer movies every week. He's the hero of the movie. It's all about Charlie and stuff. You think he's the hero? No, uh, Peter Vincent comes back and saves the day he kills like the um evil ed no, no. uh well he kills like the evil ed oh, Charlie he killed, kills yeah. He, yeah he kills the familiar like uh peter vincent is like this is his movie it's a horror host versus vampires two of my favorite things in the whole world and that wraps up number 100 through number 51 of throbbing with horrors 100 best horror movies guys we've been here for two hours uh, i'm calling it but check out hopefully when this goes up the other one should be right behind it yes so we hope that you've enjoyed the this list um watch every single one of these movies especially if we've done a uh review on it definitely listen to the episode too please and I want to say we'll thank you, you for joining us, Brandon from the Black Lagoon. Hi, I got named first. Thank you, intern Corey. Love you. And thank you, Greg, for coming up with this amazing idea and editing yeah. all of this together. Don't thank <laughs> Good me. Good luck. <laughs> and we hope that our top 100 list, 100 through 51, has left your brain throbbing with horror.